on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today we have an amazing. 75 hard versus episode. But before we get into that, I want to explain to you a little bit about the show. We have shows within the show, okay? Um, sometimes you tune in, we have Q&AF. That's where you get to submit questions and then uh, we give you the answers. Sometimes when you uh, tune in, you're going to have CTI. CTI it stands for Cruise the Internet. That's where we put topics up on the screen. We talk about what's going on in the world. We speculate. We see what uh, we think is true, what we think is a little bit of bullshit. And then we talk about how we as individuals can be the solution to the problem. Other times we have full length. Full length is what you see on most other podcasts. That's where people come in and they sit down and we have a conversation. And then sometimes we have real talk. And then occasionally we have 75 hard verses, which actually is one of my favorite episodes to do because uh, the 75 hard program is something that's near and dear to my heart. I live the live hard lifestyle. Um, and today I've got Somebody very special sitting in studio, uh, my good friend, Casey Adams. What's up, bro? Andy, thank you so much for having me on the show, brother. It's, yeah. it's been a long time coming. It has. Now, thank you. Now, for those of you that don't know, Casey has been, he was on the MFCEO project way back in the day. How old were you when you were on there? I, I was just thinking about it. I met you when I was 17 years That's old. That's what I thought. Yeah, I was living in Virginia. Yeah. You came on my podcast, literally like one of the first guests. Yeah, and how old are you now? 22. Okay. Bro, you've done a lot of stuff in, in, in that time frame. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been it. really cool. Thank you. You know, what? bring us up to speed on what you've been, got, have been going on since, since yeah. that first time we sat down. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. You know, when we met in 2017, just to give the audience context, you know, I'm born and raised in Virginia, grew up in a small town. And like how I got into this whole world of business and entrepreneurship sort of happened due to a, a severe injury in my life where I grew, up, I grew up as an athlete, played hockey for 10 years, lacrosse, um, and then sophomore year of high school, I was playing football, end up getting injured literally the first day of hitting practice, go to the doctor the next day, and the doctor says, you know, I have good news and I have bad news for you. The, the good news is you're not paralyzed, which could have been an absolute outcome here. And the bad news is you have to be in a neck brace for six months. You can never play football again. And, you know, due to the instability of your spine, you, we have to kind of see what you can do physically. And what that led to three months or six months of depression, anxiety, anger at the world, but slowly but surely shifted into this empowering mentality of like finding these different rabbit holes on social media of, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, people like yourself and your podcast, Gary, all these guys. And, you know, when I started my podcast, when we met in 2017, you know, I was just a kid in Virginia trying to get out there, put myself mm -hmm. out there, connect with highly successful entrepreneurs. But the framework and to go back to, to the main question to give to bring people up to speed before we really dive in, you know, the framework of my podcast that I've now been hosting for five and a half years now has always been three things to connect with great people, entrepreneurs, to learn something, to really embrace that spirit of being a lifelong learner. You know, I didn't go to college. I, I moved across the country a, a week after I graduated high school out to Arizona. And the third thing was to just create business opportunity and, and you know, put myself in a position where I can create opportunities from in the business world. So fast forward to um, now, you know, I, I started my last company, MediaKits.com, which was a, a creator platform that allowed creators, podcasters, social media, uh, musicians to create a media kit with real-time data and analytics using all the APIs of the platforms. And we built that company to bring you up to speed, we raised a round of funding. We raised just over a million dollars, 1.5 million in 2021. And then we got acquired in, in 2022 by a, a big marketing tech company up in Toronto. Put in my time at the company six months. And then now to kind of go full circle, um, free, you know, free agent here. So the last couple of months, just yeah. getting back in the zone and, and building the next venture. But I think just Bro, since we last man. talked, yeah, like, dude, that's, that's like the high level. Yeah, that's incredible, dude. I'm fucking proud of you, dude. I appreciate Real it. Real talk. Tell people about your podcast. What's it called and where can they find it? Because you guys, especially the young, one of the things I love about Casey, guys, and, and I've been following him obviously for quite a bit time, is that he's representing the young people coming up in the game. And that's needed. It's needed for you guys who are young to also learn from people who are doing the things that you're wanting to do at your age. So where, where can they find you at? Just yeah, before I mean, we get into the 75 yeah, hard stuff. Absolutely. I mean, 
the, the podcast has always been the biggest focus and platform. Yeah. That's just the Casey Adams show. And then my Instagram is just at Casey. And, you know, for me, and I think over the years in this world of social media, there's so much stuff. I've always just been so focused on like building the community and being real on my show with the guests I bring on and just bringing that, you know, curiosity to, um, you know, my viewers. And I think what's relevant and, and current to you, like for context of the people, you know, I've had guests from someone like yourself to, to Rick Ross, to Larry King, to the, yeah. to the founders of Twitch and Netflix to yeah, just sound of bullshit podcast. <laughs> right. I appreciate it. So, yeah. but, and it's always been coming from like the lens of someone that's youthful, right. And, and just this curiosity. So not as, um, a, not as old guys. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's for me, it's like the lifelong learner mentality. Yeah. I, and I want to awesome, learn from bro. people, but yeah, that's the show. Yeah. It's cool, dude. Uh, so guys check, make sure you check them out. Okay. Um, now let's get into the topic here. Now, when I started 75 Hard, I believe you were one of the people who jumped in pretty quick. You did it early, early on, and then you've recently done it again, right? Yes, that's so, correct. So let's talk about that. You know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a hustler, you're out trying to make your way in the world, and you're making a lot of really great progress. What, what made you say, okay, this is something I need to do? Yeah, you know, I was just looking at the thing up there in terms of like, reflecting on when the episode first came out mm -hmm. on the MFCEO project. And I remember, I think I started the program like maybe the day after I heard that. And yeah. I, rem I remember it so clearly. And, and even over the years, I've gone back to listen to that, to like rewire my thinking. Um, yeah, that episode was a little hard. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like some I, of these new people, they're not going to like it. I, I sent it to my, um, yeah. someone that I know recently, I'm like, hey, check this out, but like be ready, yeah. you know? Um, but, you know, I, I think for me, this idea of 75 Hard and like what it stood for or what I believed it stood for and, and what you've been putting out there in the world, like I, you know, I know I needed it, right? Like I grew up in a small town in Virginia and the least entrepreneurial family. You know, my mom was, has been a, a special ed teacher for 12 years. She was a babysitter. My dad's worked in um, Philip Morris, you know, tobacco company for 30 years. And like growing up, you know, I didn't fly on an airplane until I was 16 and bought the plane ticket myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I grew up in this world of just not knowing what's out there, but also like what it takes to build something in this world. Right. And I remember, you know, I'm moving across the country. I graduated high school and I'm just like, getting settled in Arizona when I, when I was living there and 75 hard for me is what I looked at in, in, internally as like, you know, I didn't go to college. I didn't have these structures in my life. Like I have to build them and create them. And 75 hard, I hoped, and yes, it manifested, was that initial structure that I needed from whether that's physically, but more so mentally, obviously. And I just committed to it. And I think, you know, to bring it to current day of recently completing it as well, I think over the years of doing it more than once, the ability to commit to something and truly commit, like, in that moment with no deviation has been something that has been the biggest takeaway. But when I first started it, you know, and knowing you and following your content, it just was something that, you know, that voice inside your head that says, like, do it. So many people resist that and what mm -hmm. they and what they do in the world. And I just committed to it. And, you know, funny enough, I, I wasn't I wasn't ready for what the journey would consist of. Right. Like, I think it's Similar, similar to like running, right? Like last year I did my first marathon and oh, that's awesome, you can, man. you can think about finishing, but yeah. when you commit to it, like there's a lot that, that comes with that commitment and you might not realize what you're committing to once you just say yes to something, but it's, it's been a game changer for me. So when you, when you say <laughs> you mentioned in there, you know, you kind of mentioned softly, like what you were expecting versus what you got, what were you expecting? And then what did you get? You know, let's talk about yeah. that for a minute. You know, I think this idea of mental toughness and, and what you've talked about over the years and, and how you live your life, you know, I think it's, for me, like reflecting on my history of, of sports, right? Like sports and being an athlete was something that growing up, that was my identity, right? Like this idea of showing up on time, building as a team and just like doing the work as a collective. And I think just the individual discipline, I think, you know, the expectations of, okay, my expectations where I know I would be a completely different person at the end of this, but then, then having to realize like, wow, this is, this is a daily commitment to excellence and quickly realizing that, right? When, you know, you're seven days in, you're 10 days in and 
you know, you kind of you're wearing off the like, hey, I'm excited to do this and I'm ready for it. Yeah. I think that the daily discipline, the, the daily wins becomes the important thing that you must focus on. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, at least for me, has been my biggest takeaway. And, and especially this time, I remember when I started it um, February 21st of this year, um, I was just coming off getting my wisdom teeth out. Now, you and I started that, I believe, on the same day. Same day. I, I started then, a day after you. And then I reset because my buddy was said he wanted to do it. I was like 20 days in and I did it with him. Yeah. And then I finished as well. So we were doing it most of the time the same yeah. time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, even this time around, like I remember I was getting my wisdom teeth out, right? I was coming off running a, a marathon last year, which there's, there's so many stories within that that are relevant to 75 hard. And, you know, after training in like a running format for so long, I knew that I, I wasn't in the gym as much. I was focusing so much on my endurance and yes, still in the gym. But in February, you know, I, I'm someone that I've never dealt with. Like I've had so much weight and being, you know, excess fat by any means. But I've always been someone that wants to optimize not only how I look and feel, but like the mentality that it takes to just show up consistently. Absolutely. And I remember when, when I saw you post it, right? I've always committed that I've always known that 75 hard is something I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like I want to instill it not only in myself, but the people that I surround myself with, the teams that I work in, you know, my future kids, because mm -hmm. it's, it's the program, but also like how much you grow as an individual. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think too, like the, the posts that you create and the, the ability to know that you're in, the, you're in this game with us, mm -hmm. whether that's myself or anyone part of the program, um, it's, it's a really empowering thing. Well, I mean, look, dude, I, I just can't preach stuff and not do it. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm incapable of doing it. Um, I used to be the guy who did that a lot. And now it's like one of those things that uh, it disgusts me when I think about how I used to be. And I think that's a lot of people that go through this program more than once. You know, it's interesting because there are people that criticize it, right? And they say, well, if it works so well, then why do you have to do it multiple times? Well, it's the same reason you take a shower every day. It's the same reason you put deodorant on every day. Discipline is a perishable skill. If you don't exercise it and fine tune it, you start to lose it. And, um, you know, for me, dude, I have to live that lifestyle. A lot of people, like I made a post about this this morning. They yeah. were like, people are like, why do you do this shit all the time, bro? You don't have to do this shit. I know I don't have to do it, but for me to do what I'm trying to do. And even though you think I'm at my end game, I feel like I'm just starting. And I know that the players ahead of me are that much better, that much stronger, that much smarter, that much tougher and I don't have the skills or talent to compete at that level without being on, on par with everything. And so, you know, those are the two reasons I do it. I, I, I live the program because one, I don't want to be full of shit. And two, uh, I have to, to get where I'm trying to go. And I imagine that's a lot of what you're thinking too, knowing, yeah. knowing you as a person. Absolutely. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, how it's affected your relationships, you know, with people or with training or with food and like your perspective on just everything. Like, um, I think, I think that's something that people forget to talk about is, is how it shifts your perspective in, in all these different areas that we are, we are exposed to every single day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think for me, you know, it's, it's so multifaceted where, you know, 75 hard, at the mentality and the mental discipline that you build goes into every aspect of your life. And, you know, for me, I've, I think it was also good for context. You know, I've been in a serious committed relationship for three years. Um, my girlfriend, Jacqueline Burnett, and I believe that it's how you live during that period. The people around you, like they will change just by your actions, right? That's right. From, from the events you go to, or maybe you're going to a dinner, right? I'm, I'm 22 and I haven't had a sip of alcohol this entire year. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when I'm around people that may be maybe similar in age or just going to events, like I know that like I don't I don't have any pressure or feel that the need to because you know I've been instilling in myself since I was 19 when I first did the program like from that initial experience this idea of like once I make a decision and commit to something like I must stand by that like my word is my bond right and I think and mean it everybody and mean says it. that shit yeah right yeah absolutely so I think how it bleeds into other areas of life like you know I was, I was telling the guys here before I started the program in February. And when I think about that time, you know, I barely traveled at all. And I was so locked in, not only just because I was doing the program, but by the actions that I was taking in the programs made me change my decisions 
of what I was doing because I wasn't, you know, I, I had this framework of like, oh, like, yeah, I'll go to this or yeah, I'll have a single drink or yeah, I'll have a, like a dessert, right? It's so critical to just follow these frameworks and it, it affects everyone around you because most of the time, everyone around you isn't on that same level of discipline. And, and hopefully you're surrounding yourself with people that, you know, have their own set of standards that they live by. And I think that's an important thing that I try to, you know, focus on my life in terms of who I surround myself with. But I think how it affects people, you know, when I'm going home to see family, I think it's finding that time to do the 45 minute workout and people just saying like, oh, wow, like he's going to put in that time and it makes people question like, why don't I do that? Why don't I set aside time for myself when I know I want to, you know, walk more or maybe that's read more or do things for me. And it's always like, oh, I don't have time or, you know, things come up when, you know, I'm still busy and have things going on and to show you're up for yourself. You're probably the busiest guy that everybody knows in your circle. <laughs> like you're, what, you're, what you're describing, and I'm sorry to interrupt, no but you're setting a standard. You know what I mean? That other people aspire to. They see, they see Casey, who's, who's hustling as hard as anybody, and they say, you know, hey, I got to go. I got to skate. I got to do these things. I'm committed to this. That commitment is so important for us to fix what's going on in the world, bro. Yeah. Because <clears throat> what you're describing is the ripple effect that I talk about a lot of times on the show, where I talk about personal excellence being the ultimate rebellion. If we can lead through our own excellence and our own commitment, other people will follow. And they do follow. And I found that yeah. to be true in my life, bro. Just like what you're describing. Like everybody around me since 75 Hearts started has gotten drastically better. And it's not like I went around and sold it to them either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's a cool thing, dude. And, and um, I, I'm just, it, it, bro, I'm just sitting here and I'm watching you. And I'm like, fuck, this dude is like one of the next leaders coming up. Like it's just fucking cool, man. I, I appreciate that. And it's and, truth. It's and and truth. I think too, just like a quick tangent there, you know, with 75 hard and like what I've learned from it over the years, you know, I talk about commitment. I talk about all these things, but last year when I, I committed to running a marathon 45 days prior to doing it, I remember it so vividly and it has context to 75 hard. Um, I was flying out to Vegas to do a couple interviews at the studio I record in, in Vegas. And I would always tell myself, like I, I was planning to do a, a marathon in, in late 2021. And then I completely my knee, I blew my knees out and just, it was not good. Um, so I didn't do it. Right. And I'm like, Oh, like, I'll, I'll do it next year. But I, I caught the bug of running in mid 2021 where I did a 5k. And, and prior to that, you know, I was an athlete. I grew up playing sports, but I was never someone that embodied running and loved it. And, and quite frankly, I still don't love it. I just, I love the pursuit of my potential and, and what I can achieve and how I feel during that process where I did a 5k, then I did a 10k, then I did a, you know, a 10 mile run, which led to a half marathon. And it was, coming up towards the end of the year last year in 2022. And I told myself at the beginning of the year, you know, like I want to do a marathon. And I think over the years, like the foundational characteristics that have been instilled in me from 75 hard is that like non-negotiable. Right. And I knew that I, I wanted to do a marathon. And I remember booking this, booking the ticket to do the marathon right before the, the plane took off when I was going to Vegas. And it was just one of those moments that I knew that, wow, these, these next 45 days, like this is going to be a, a training nightmare and it's going to be an incredible journey. Um, but I wanted to put myself in a place of pressure, right? Like one of my buddies that I, that I considered a mentor that passed away a couple of years ago, Trevor Moad, he was the, the brain trainer to, yeah. to Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has Brilliant this quote, dude. yeah, yeah. Pr pressure is a privilege. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, and one of the biggest takeaways of 75 hard is like, how can you live in a state of like great pressure, right? Pressure on yourself. Like, how can I get better every day? How can I make my team better? How can I make those around me better? Like that is pressure, right? You don't have to look at it as, as bad. So for me, like in the, in the context of a marathon, right? Like getting my body and the training necessary when I wasn't quote unquote planning to do this, but just committed to it. Um, I think finding that, that area of putting pressure on yourself in a healthy way is not only a takeaway, but what I've found in, in doing things like a marathon and, um, and what I've learned through that pressure, that process. Yeah, dude, I, it's interesting you talk about the pressure because in today's day and age, almost every single time someone talks about pressure, they talk about it in a negative connotation. They don't talk about it as what it produces in a positive way, you know? And the truth of the matter is 
is that I think the biggest difference between people who win and people who lose has a lot to do with how they see pressure. Mm. Do they see pressure as something to avoid or do they see pressure as something to embrace knowing that with enough time under pressure, you actually create that diamond out of the, the coal that you are right now, right? Yeah. Which kind of like brings me to my next point that I wanted to ask you about. <clears throat> if you had to rate yourself, okay? And I'll go after you, okay. all right? So I'm not putting you on the spot. But okay. if you had to rate yourself as to the level of, like if you were one to 10, like I was operating on this level before I discovered how to, how to do these things and I'm at this level now, what would you say that is? I mean, if I think, for, I think this time around, right? Like the, the person I am doing 75 hard this time versus when I was 19, like mm -hmm. growing as a person, if I rate myself prior to doing 75 hard this time, and you know, at, even prior to starting it, I would think I'm doing great. But if I look at it now, four out of 10. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Right? Like it's easy to, to miss a workout. It's easy to, you know, to go out every now and then with your girlfriend and oh, like, have a drink and whatever like and not that i was like disgusted at myself for doing that but it's easy to just if you don't have your why and you don't have that framework and you know i say four to ten not like i was in a bad place like mentally at all but in terms of like my capabilities and how i structured my day how i structured time you know 75 hard is this, this great reset every time i've done it in my mind where I realize not only what I'm capable of, but like the compound effect of that. Dude, thank you. That's what, that's, that is the point. People do not understand the compound effect that it has. They think that if you do it once you get like, dude, every time you do it, you start yeah. to discover these new skills and these new things. And for me, dude, I'm like the same. Like I look back and I'm <laughs> like, dude, when, when I, when I came up with 75 hard, it wasn't like I was like some poor dude. Like I was doing really well, yeah. making a lot of money, doing pretty good in life. Um, and I look back and I'm like, bro, I was like a two, you know what I mean? And then every single time I move through it, dude, it's, it's like, I think before I do it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm at like, I'm at like a seven or an eight. I know I got some ways to go, but, yeah. and then every other time, every time I get through it, I'm like, oh shit bro, you were kind of coasting, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it lowers that score from the backside. You know what I mean? Once, Absolutely. Yeah. It's just weird. We have this weird thing as human beings to convince ourselves that we're operating at the highest potential or that are even a high potential when actually we aren't, we're just comfortable with it. Right. It's like, yeah. it's kind of like the glory days. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you, you get a little bit older and, you know, you start to talk about how good you were or how big the fish you caught was or how many, you know, yards you rush for in the high school football game and you you build yourself up to be this person that that dude you may have used to have been but you aren't anymore and it's interesting to hear people um talk about that compounding effect bro because i know this every time i go through it i grow like in a absolutely. massive way absolutely and it, one thing in the biggest i think like tactic and, and question i i've asked myself this time and last time, but especially this time, once I got to day 75, and I think this is a, a, a fun slash like good story to reference where day 75, it was May 6th of, you know, last month. And, you know, I finished my workouts for the day. I'm feeling phenomenal. And I had no, like my plan was not to like start and conti or continue the program to do 75 days to take that pause. Right. And the next day I wake up and I think a lot of people may find themselves doing this. And if you don't, and you haven't even started or attempted it, like you should ask yourself these questions. I, you know, going through the program, you're drinking a gallon of water a day, you're doing all of the, the, the critical items, wake up the next day. And I ask myself, you know, it's easy to not drink a gallon of water today. You know, don't fill up a gallon, like don't try to track it. But on the flip side, like it's easy to drink a gallon of water, right? You start in the morning, you have your gallon, you're, you're chipping away at it. It's easy to not read my book today, right? It's easy to not pick it up. You know, you're busy, you got things to do, but it's also easy to read 10 pages and you go through the whole list. And then I committed to that day, right? Like I'm doing these tasks. Day 76, didn't plan on doing it the next day, right? But every day I would ask myself, it's easy to not drink a gallon of water today, but I, not only I know what I'm capable, and that goes from drinking the gallon of water to like the critical, 
items that I had to de- that day in business or for a podcast or with a, my partner. And it led to day 100. And I think this is a, a story that I'm now going through where at day 100, this was May 31st, so like a week and a half ago or a week ago, I'm on day 100 of the program, you know, feeling incredible, just asking myself those questions every single day, like mm-hmm. committing to the winning the day and first workout of the day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm someone that when it comes to my workouts in the gym, I, I had a neck injury. I was in a neck brace for six months, so I don't do any like crazy heavy weight on my neck and on my spine. I'm squatting like very early in my workout and just completely blow out my back to the point where I could barely finish the workout, like excruciating pain, could barely walk. Um, and this is after, like, you know, going through the hundred days mm-hmm. of feeling phenomenal at my best physically, mentally. And I'm not someone that has dealt with like an injury prior to when I was 16 in this neck brace, something very severe. And given this wasn't like something crazy severe in my back, but, you know, go to urgent care, can barely walk. Back stuff's no joke. Bro. Yeah. And yeah. I had a, it's a lumbar strain, like yeah. super severe. And, yeah. you know, I, I finished my, my second workout of the day, like barely can move uh, on day 100. And I say all this because, you know, that was the day where I, I, I stopped doing the program in terms of like the days that I was winning mm-hmm. because I wake up the next day. And I think this, this polarity of life and also the program where like things will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. Wake up the next day on, on what would have been a day 101, literally cannot get out of bed. Literally takes me 15 minutes to roll out to, you know, cannot even yeah. bend out one, bend down one bit. It hurts to sit on, to, to sit down. And I, I find it interesting. And I was doing a lot of reflecting on that because, you know, that the program teaches you how to deal with those instances, mm-hmm. right? Where I, you know, the last seven, eight days, like I've let myself recover because there's no need to just um, not only push through the pain, but like, I've given myself this mental framework because I know that what I just went through, this isn't going to set me back. I'm no. not not going to have Now, in the, now in the, you have the ability to turn it on and off yeah, at will. Absolutely. And that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. Like, and I was telling the guys here, like my plan um, for context, I, so I'm in St. Louis now. Tomorrow I was going to be flying to New York. I, I committed to this 137-mile um, um, relay race from Montauk to Manhattan. Oh, that's cool. And it was going to be two teams of seven guys, um, like super incredible experience. Committed to it last moment, but I was, I was stoked for it. Then I blow my back out. I can't do it. And I find it ironic now, though, because, you know, in Manhattan right now, all those crazy fires and the smoke and all this stuff that's happening there, um, probably not the best time to be there. <laughs> yeah, um, not but, running some extreme endurance race. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's, I just want to reference that because I think it's like, you're going to deal with moments like that, whether that's an injury or, or something that will set you back. But the framework that you can, that you build by doing the program, like those don't set you back mentally, where it's so easy. Like when I injured myself when I was 16 in a neck brace, like I went through a serious depression. I was angry at the world. I was angry at my family. I, I completely had my identity as this athlete, you know, as a sophomore in high school ripped away from me. And that set me back so far mentally from when it, from it comes from an injury, mm-hmm. an injury perspective. Um, and this time it's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a different perspective on that setback. Yeah, dude, it's inter- injuries are an interesting thing, but like, dude, here's what we're talking about. You know, I just went through a major, major in- yeah. injury. Um, <clears throat> I'm just now getting out of it. But, you know, one of the things that we have to be real with when it comes to being a driven, ambitious human being, you know, a lot of people like when they criticize 75 hard, they're like, oh, this might be dangerous for the average person. Oh, I'm sorry. It's dangerous to have discipline. It's dangerous to, to move your body. It's dangerous to drink water. No, you're a fucking pussy, bro. Yeah. Okay? This program was never meant for the average person. This, pro, this is not a challenge. The worst thing that ever happened to 75 Hard is that it was fucking labeled as a challenge because it's a program for exceptional individuals or people who desire to be exceptional. And one of the things on the path to being exceptional is that we are going to have major setbacks. And it's not going to be just once. There's going to yeah. be back injuries. There's going to be... Uh, you know, uncontrollable circumstances, smoke in the air where you can't do like, dude, there's yeah. going to be all kinds of things. And uh, through life, those are going to come to us in many different forms. Um, could come with, with a relationship ending or a sickness or an illness or uh, an unforeseen 
you know, here in the Midwest, we get tornadoes, right? Like, she, like we don't know. We don't yeah. ever know when these setbacks are coming. But what we're developing through following this lifestyle is the ability to turn on and turn off the disciplined mindset that we need to recover from those instances on demand. And one of the things that I love about what you're talking about, because what I hear when you're saying this, bro, is I hear that the program helped you build the confidence to know and believe in yourself that you can turn this back on the minute you feel like turning it back on. And that's what we're ultimately after, right? Absolutely. Most people flow through life and they catch momentum, right? And they catch it and they're like, oh, dude, I feel so good. And they're able to do these amazing things and they can't really describe why they caught the momentum, but they just caught it, right? And then when the momentum's gone, they're kind of, they kind of suck, right? They're not yeah. pushed. They're not doing any of the stuff. I just can't figure out what's going on. Well, what's going on, bro, is you're misunderstanding momentum, okay? For us to have momentum, yes, we can catch it naturally by the circumstances of the world sometimes. However, we are also capable of manufacturing it. And when we start to understand how to manufacture it, you become more in control, which gives you more confidence, which gives you more belief, which gives you more self-esteem because you know that no matter what the fuck happens today, bro, I'm going to get up tomorrow and be able to get my shit done. And that's a very powerful thing. And so like, I want to ask you, you know, because really what we're talking about here is belief in ourselves. We're talking about confidence in ourselves. What has this program done for you for the things that, you know, we talk about when I talk about it producing, you know, confidence, grit, fortitude, the ability to endure, self-belief, self-esteem, the, all of these mental toughness overall. I mean, what, what, what would you say to someone who says, man, like I cannot figure out why I can't adhere to things. I just can't see it through because ultimately that's what we're trying to fix. We're fixing your ability to follow through because every single person listening right now, if, you, if you're honest with yourself and you say, why am I not where I want to be? It's because you lack the ability and the toughness to adhere to things once they get slightly uncomfortable. So what would you say to that, dude? Like the confidence, yeah. the grit, the fortitude, the things, bro, I see them in you every day and they, they've, they've exploded, but I'm interested to see how you feel about you. And be honest. Yeah. Dude. Don't be humble. No, like be real. Absolutely. Like you're a bad motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, even the like you saying that, I get the chills because Bro, I've I, watched you do it. <laughs> I've watched you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's fucking awesome, dude. The whole reason the I just want to give you this. The whole reason I fucking do all this shit is for motherfuckers like you. Okay. And, and it's not for the fucking 35-year-old dude or the 40-year-old woman. I do it for the young generation that has been misled and lied to about their own capabilities and their own potential. And bro, you are the living example of what I've been trying to do this last eight years, even doing this podcast. I mean, you know me, bro. I don't have to do this shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like I have endless amounts of respect for that. And like, bro, you're the reason I fucking do this and people like you. So like it, it matters a lot to me. Um, and I'm really fucking proud of you, dude. Thank like you. real talk. I just, thank you. I, I, I just have to let you know that. No, I mean, those words, yeah. they mean more to me than you know, Andy. You know, this one phrase just keeps coming to mind. And, you know, we were, we went back and forth briefly on Instagram yesterday. And it, it actually, like you said, you know, we're going to, it's 75 hard focus, which I was aware of in terms of the show. But you said, like, take a moment to think about like what this program has done for you. And I'm someone that, I try and live by this idea of like reflecting, right? Whether that's like micro reflections on my actions or like what went right, what went wrong. And what kept coming to me is just the ability to commit, right? And, and that comes with like the confidence to commit. And, and that's in every aspect of life, right? Like when, whether that's starting a new venture, I, I always talk about like internally and even with like friends and peers of mine, this idea of like identity shifting, right? Like whether that's like shifting your identity from this business venture to the next, or, you know, like me, when we sold media kits, like shifting it to like, that's not a part of me anymore. Or when you're again, having a new relationship, I think this idea of like shifting your identity with the confidence to commit to something wholeheartedly has never been stronger in my life. And it's been something that even like, for example, I'm 22. 
I've been in like a very serious committed relationship since I was 19 years old with my my lovely girlfriend Jacqueline Burnett. And I think what's important that I always love she's to reference. She's amazing too. Yeah, know you know, well. yeah, you know yeah. Jacqueline. She says she sends yeah. her love by yeah. the way in her kind yeah. regards. Um, I was 19 when we started dating, and she was 26. Mm. She might love or hate me for saying that, but it's we embrace it because when I committed to, and I think it's so important because it's such a big part of my life. When I committed to her. I knew she was the one. And when I committed to a business, right, with my my business partner Kieran, who you know you've known over the years yeah. as well. Amazing like, dude. Yeah, yeah. We've I was just talking to him. Yeah. Like, like Kieran's incredible. Like we yeah. did 75 Hard together the first time. And like that commitment and, and that bond has like was so strong. But like the commitment to a business venture to to see it through, to commit to our investors that we brought to the table, to our, you know, our team that we that we built. I have such a strong belief that like the your confidence and your commitments create the man or woman that you are because it's easy to commit to like hey Andy like I'm you know I'll come over this for the show or oh hey I'll you know I'll definitely be there on that podcast and then I'll oh, make change of plans and you got to reschedule right like your commitment and the ability to commit with such confidence at least for me is one of the biggest takeaways and the biggest lessons. And that goes for all aspects of life. And I think, you know, from a relationship with someone like Jacqueline to a business partner with, with, you know, with someone like Kieran or um, just with myself and my actions, right? Like I've been doing the podcast for five and a half years and over time, especially by like what I've learned throughout the program, like I always tell people I'm doing my podcast for the rest of my life. I don't know what it's going to lead to. And, um, you know, like what it will shift and mold into, right? Like in terms of formatting, all that stuff. But I started with seven, when I was 17 years old on a pair of wired Apple headphones. Bro, I remember walk, it. Walking in circles around yeah. my bedroom. Like, all right, this is episode one. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'm going to have some, excuse me, like some great entrepreneurs on the show and, and learn something. Uh, and yeah, here we go. It was like three minute audio file. But I, I committed and I, I have like notes to myself that like, I'm going to be doing this for decades. And yeah. like, it, to reference a point where I think through, commit through your confidence and your commitments, you could, I've learned, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like you have moments where you get reminded that you're not only on the right path, but you, your commitments are real to your craft where, you know, I, I had the honor of interviewing Larry King, um, back in 2019. And I always love referencing this story because it, it taught me so much about myself you know, I was I was 19 years old at the time. Larry King, this broadcasting legend, 60,000 interviews. He was 87 years old, right? Born in 1933. I'm someone born in the year 2000, right? Yeah, he so, thinks it's yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and like when we sat down, you know, I, I asked him all these questions, but one that always um, comes back to me, I said, like, what makes people great? You know, he's interviewed all the previous presidents throughout his life and just so many w- different walks of life. And he says, greatness is driven. Like every great person I've come across, they are driven. And by being driven, you, know, you need confidence, right? To commit to your actions, to commit to your craft. And I think that, you know, to the point that you're, you're making here, like that word confidence and the word commitment um, have never been stronger in my life. And it's, you know, I've, I, again, I, I'm not perfect by any means. I've had times where, you know, we all have whether that's macro or micro regrets, like, oh, like, why didn't I show up for that person, right? Like, why didn't I go there when maybe I told him I could and I had this excuse, right? Um, but I think that word and that phrase is, is very important to me. And it's, it's gotten um, more real over the years when I think about commitment to partners in, in my craft throughout life. Bro, and you embody it too, man. Like, whatever you're going to do next, I mean, it's exciting for me to know that you're learning these things at 22, you know, the th- I didn't learn these things until I was almost 40. You know, I kind of half-assed my way all the way to a pretty high level. And, you know, it's gotten exponentially bigger now. But <clears throat> I, I, I'm curious, and I, I'm not yeah. to throw a question back at you, but you posted that thing today in your story about, mm-hmm. like, you said, you know, I didn't get in line until I was 40. And yeah. It's, it's so interesting, right? Because this grasp of time, mm-hmm. I'm reading a book right now. It's called, um, like, you're 4,000 weeks. Like the average lifespan is 4,000 weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 22. Uh, how old are you? In? 43. 43, yeah. right? 20, 21 years apart. Fucking good looking like, 43, I- though. I'm just saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Like this concept. I don't got that of- flow though, bro. <laughs> you got the that's the uh, that's the George from Blow Flow. I fucking like it. Oh yeah, that's yeah, a good look. I, I just got to cut too. It was yeah. it was getting way it's way. It's a good long. look, bro. Um, like when you were 22, like these concepts that we're talking about today, like were these on your mind? And if so, like what no, was man. your degree of thinking about no. your future and like the commitment to your craft? Because you know you've been in the game for decades. Yeah. And so you've had the commitment, but like how? What were you thinking? You about? know. For me, dude, it was, I was too naive to know any better. Um, I just wanted to run a business. And when I was 22, I'd been running a business for three years. And um, I just wanted to be successful. And I figured that if I stuck with it and, and I was right, okay, if you stick with things and you don't quit, you'll get there because you accumulate knowledge through all the hard lessons, right? Yep. So you get punched in the face and you're like, okay, well, I won't do that again because I got punched in the face. And that happens a million different ways and you start to learn skills. And so for me, when I looked at people when I was that age, really up until probably my mid thirties, I didn't see discipline or confidence as something that you could acquire. I saw it as something that people had or didn't have. And I thought I just didn't have it the way other people had it. And I was always surrounded by people because I was into, you know, lifting weights and sports. I was always surrounded by people who were more disciplined than me. You know, they ate better than me. They were more consistent than me. They trained more consistently and harder. And I always just kind of looked at those people as they had some sort of magic that I didn't have. And, and, and so I didn't think about it more than that. I never really, it never crossed my mind like shit, dude. You can actually build these things. These are not, yeah. these are not traits. These are skills that you build through an investment and through a process. And so, and this is actually what led to 75 hard, by the way, this thought process. So it worked out great. <laughs> um, and cause I think the live hard programs probably changed more lives than, than any other program ever in the history of, of the world, just because of the scale of the internet, the internet has yep. pushed it out. And, um, <clears throat> So I was obsessed with mental toughness because I didn't have it, right? So like I read all these books and like all these things about how to become mentally tough. And I'm like, God, I'm a fucking bitch, bro. Like, how do I fix this? Because I had natural skills. Like I had, you know, as an athlete growing up, I was pretty gifted. I was just kind of soft and I didn't, and I recognized that that was something that like I didn't have. And I knew, I knew it was my weakness, even though, you know, I didn't let other people see it as my weakness. Yep. So I became obsessed with it. And over the next, you know, fucking 15 years, I I read everything I could on it. And I started putting this puzzle together in my head about like, wait a minute. I think if I did these things, it would actually produce these things. And then when 75 Heart actually came together, um, James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy, said something to me that just made it all click together at one time. And I fucking got it. And it was based around the idea of intentionally doing uncomfortable things to get tougher. And I'm like, fuck, that's it, bro. And so, you know, that's where the program started. But like for me, dude, I would have never put that together had I not thought of it as this magical thing in the first place, which I think is what most people do. I think most people that see people that are highly disciplined, that are living a high level life, that are doing all these things they wish they could do, but just can't seem to do. I believe it's because their belief is founded in what I just described. They think this is a God-given trait when in reality, it's also, it's, it's, it's actually a skill set that you develop. And, um, so for me, bro, long way around, I didn't really think about it more than like these guys have it. I wish I had it and kind of fuck them for having (laughs) it. You know, like it made me mad, but I did what I could. I kept showing up. I kept doing what I could, but you know, it took me a long time to learn that I could, you know, like it's, it's weird. It's, it's really kind of a paradox now because, yeah. you know, all through my twenties and thirties, I lived a, a pretty much different way up until I was about 36 years old. And, um, I partied a lot. I fucking drank a lot. I thought that was the culture because it is the culture. Yeah. Right. It, and, and I know the culture is a little bit changing now. People are becoming a little bit more minded uh yeah. like 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 we are and less alcohol party minded yeah it's it's so crazy like i know so many people my age 22 23 that just don't drink yeah. never have never yeah. cared to and yeah it's just it's it's like the tobacco of this generation i yeah. feel like it's getting people are recognizing it as yeah. fucking life poison absolutely yeah and and dude i can tell you this is real shit every single thing i've done wrong 
every single fuck up I've made, every single bad situation that happened to me or that I got myself into or was a part of happened because of alcohol. Every wow. single one, not a single time that it happened without alcohol. Wow. And, and when I figured that out, <laughs> I was like, I'm done. And yeah. like, dude, I might have a couple of drinks a year, but yeah. it's not, this is not a normal part of my life anymore. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, bro, I think, I think I thought like most people, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to do the best I can, but I wish I had this and this and this. And this is why I'm so passionate about the program. Um, you know, people give me a lot of shit about it sometimes because they're like, fuck, all he talks about is, is live hard and 75 hard. Well, yeah, bro, but I give it to you for free. It's not like I'm charging you. And second of all, I want you to do it because I understand what it can do for you. Because I used to be that person. I was that person who floated through, who could catch momentum and not keep it who got hot and then cold and then hot and then cold. And it drove me crazy, dude. And when I, when I cracked the code for myself, I just share it with you guys. And, and so it's a powerful thing that I like to give away and, and, and share with you guys. And um, I live that way. It's not bullshit. Like I actually yeah. live it. And it's funny because like one of the main criticisms, and I'm curious to see what you had to say about this, but one of the main criticisms is that, oh, it's not sustainable. Well, what people don't understand is that every time you go through the program, you, your standard of living rises. And it may not stay at that exact standard of the program, but it rises so much that the retraction is still like 80% higher than what you were before. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and so you, when you, then, you know, you go a year or you go, you know, live hard is designed to be done once a year. Yep. Um, so that's 175 hard phase one, phase two, phase three, and for 12 months. And, um, it's not the whole time. It's pe people don't understand. Like it's the first 75 days, then phase one, which you can do consecutively with 75 days. Then you have to take a 30 day break. The reason you have to take a 30 day break is because you have to remember what it's like to not live under that structure. All right. And that's usually the eye opening part for people. That's where people start to go <laughs> backwards. And then phase two ends up being the hardest phase because they got to snap back into it. And it teaches them, oh shit, this is actually something that's perishable. Not only is it perishable, it's perishable very quickly. And so the whole program's designed for us to continue to level up. And I'm curious as to what you, like, do you agree with that? Or like, how do you see it? Because every time I've gone through it, bro, I've gained so much. And yeah, I might've come back a little bit, but the, the set level is so much higher than where I was that I'm able to maintain that on a daily life. Like, for example, when you were talking about you know, the gallon of water on, on like, for example, like I bet when you got hurt on day 100 and I'm just guessing, maybe I'm wrong, but I bet most of the other shit you still did, you know, like you yeah. probably still read, you probably still drank your water. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like these things, they become part of your daily routine. And so like, it's funny when people say to me, oh, well, it's not sustainable. What the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> dude? It's the most sustainable program that's ever been fucking built. You know what I mean? I could not agree more. And I just want to say, just before answering, like, I commend you so much because I, you know, you, of course, you understand the impact you've had on, you know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people doing it. But like what I've seen, not only in my life, but from friends or peers of mine that have done the program, the collective energy and standard that people that go through this program carry throughout life after that you can even reference like, oh, like this is like similar to the the framework and standard I've put through myself on 75 hard is just undeniable in terms of how it changes you. Mm -hmm. And like, I commend you for not only creating the program, like the, the widespread ripple effect that you've created is just unparalleled then to anything that I've ever encountered in terms of like the true impact on people. And I think in terms of like the sustainability and to not like, just agree with you, but it is the most sustainable because it changes you. And I, I, I'm a huge proponent of just like daily growth, right? Like 1% better every single day. And I think just through 75 hard, you learn so much more about what you're capable of um, in terms of the a structure that, you know, maybe yes, you might come back. Oh, you don't drink a full gallon of water when you're not doing the program. Great. But you know that I know when I drink a full gallon of water, I feel much better throughout mm -hmm. the day, right? Mm -hmm. Just hydration, you name it. Um, and when I take 45 minutes to, whether that's doing an outdoor walk or doing an outdoor run, 
versus just being working all day and not having that time for myself, I feel maybe more stressed and like I don't have that that time for myself that I mm-hmm. need to carve out. Um, where I think the sustainability to understand what makes you feel the most um, just in tune with what you're capable of, like that's what's sustainable is to have that recollection of, okay, like I know that I can do more. So many people don't even know what they're capable of because they never start. They never never try. try. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, the sustainability and like what you've created with the Live Hard program is just, you know, the people that talk down on it are the people that A, should do it, but they don't even realize what they could be. What they could be. That's why I don't get mad. I'm just like, bro, you ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? And and also too, you, you brought up James Lawrence. He's played such a, impactful role in my life. Just initially, I, I first heard him on your show yeah. years ago. And mine too, you know, brother. When oh. I um when I first heard his story and like really started understanding who he was as a person and his mindset, it it completely like broke every aspect of how I think about discipline and mental toughness. Where yeah. I uh, I had him on my show back last year and I I did this intentionally where I ran my marathon last year, um, December eleventh, twenty twenty two. I interviewed him early December last year intentionally. And, you know, he talked about this concept of, you've probably heard him say, the hurt locker, right? Like this uncharted territory and to prepare yourself for this, this land that you've never encountered, which was for me, like running mm. more than 20 miles. And I asked him a question during the interview and I said, you know, James, I'm running my marathon in two weeks. I want you to answer this question um, in the context I'm, I'm going to be listening to this while, when I'm on my run, you know. You're talking to Casey. He's on mile 20, entering 2021, 2022 into those miles that finished the marathon. Like, what do you have to say to me? And instead of him just saying something like he's on a podcast, I could tell he paused, right? Like really to understand like, okay, I'm going to, he's going to be listening to this when I'm on my run. And he says, you know, you have to put all effort and all of your mind into the next step in front of you. And if you can ask yourself one question, am I going to die if I take this next step? You can keep going. And as you know, some Man, people might say, shit. oh, it might be cliche, you name it, but like, it's the truth. Fast forward to that moment, you yeah. know, and I, I have it on my playlist and I'm ready to like listen to that, to get into that mentality. And I remember hearing those words, right? I'm, I'm suffering. I'm so deep in the race. Yes, I, I, I felt great that day in terms of my running ability. But the last three, three, four miles were all uphill. And just hearing his words and understanding that, like, this man ran 101 Ironmans. And in all, a row. All, all he did, <laughs> yeah, in a row. And all he did, and, you know, and what he says in the interview, was focus on the next step. Yeah. Because that's all you can and need to focus on, right? Whether that's going through the program. You can't think about day 74. No. When you're on day 73. No. Yeah, right? It's win the day, bro. Win the day. Yeah. And I just wanted to reference that because I think James and, like, his whole ideology on like putting yourself through suffering. Um, I, I want to bring up this cold plunge, right? They're, they're yeah, hold on. Walking. Before we get into that, I got to yeah. correct you on something you said. All right. You said Please. something, you said something that was a little bit inaccurate. You said that I created that ripple effect and that's not true. You create that ripple effect and the people listening to this create that ripple effect. Okay. So it's not me. It's fucking you. So just remember that. Absolutely. It's real shit. Okay. How about Absolutely. the cold plunges? Yeah, let's, all right? for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been on the cold plunge game for probably eight months now. Yeah. And I know I heard you, when, when you talked about it recently, you were against it for a while. I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts right now about oh, all things cold plunge. Because like, that idea of suffering. Yeah, so today, um, today is day 69 in a row of cold plunge. And I do 41 degrees now at eight minutes every single morning. Wow, 41. Yeah. So, and, and that's all the way in. That's not this half-ass shit where your arms are on the side like some of y'all do, okay? Real talk. Getting in with your arms on the side, you guys are missing a big part of the benefits. I get all the way in up to my chin for eight minutes. And um, <clears throat> for me, dude, uh, it has been, and I know people have opinions, and I have one of these opinions too to start with, okay? I was one of these people who saw it become a trend. And I'm usually like anti-trend when I th- see things that are trendy, I'm like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Just out of principle. It's just, yeah. <laughs> whether it's right or wrong, it's, it's probably a, a, a 
it's probably not good that I'm like that, but it is true. And um, I see everybody doing these cold plunges and I'm like, dude, come on, man. This is kind of corny. Like, all right. Like, I know it's hard because I'd done it before. Yeah. I did it like on my 40th birthday. So it's a funny story. Um, on my 40th birthday, uh, Dave Sparks from Diesel Brothers and a bunch of my friends were in town for my birthday party. Okay. And the night before my birthday, we got fucking hammered. <laughs> All right. And I'm talking like hammered so hard that like I thought I was going to fucking die. Oh, my All God. right. So we had this fucking party plan and there was like 200 people coming and people had come in from out of town and all this stuff. And bro, I, I was telling Emily, I'm like, I can't fucking do the party. Like I'm too fucked up. Like, so I had my doctor come over and give me an IV and like all this stuff. And Dave comes in the house and he's like, yo, bro, what's up? And I'm like, bro, I'm fucking dying. I don't think I could party today. And he's like, you're fucking partying, bro. And so he sent the guys to the store to get like 30 bags of ice. And we had one of those drink uh, troughs. Yep. Like you would see at a bar. Absolutely. And there was no drinks in it. And we filled the fuck with ice and I got in it. And he's like, just get in there. And bro, I got in there. And uh, one of my buddies, Keaton, um, he has it on video and it's horrible, bro. <laughs> like I was like freaking the fuck out like it was so embarrassing hyperventilated bro he posted it like back then i'm like bro take that shit down right now like for sure but but, but you know imagine the first time you do a cold plunge and you yeah. get it on video and millions of people see it like it was yeah. fucking super embarrassing yeah so i'm like bro take that shit down <laughs> so anyway that was a, so i knew so that day i was like holy shit because it cured my hangover i felt fucking amazing it was the best i'd ever felt wow and it worked and so i knew it i knew it worked but, and I remember talking, I remember telling those guys, I'm never doing this. I'm never not doing this ever again. This is the most amazing thing. I remember telling them that, but I never did it again. Right. I know. Cause I didn't have a cold plunge Yeah, and I didn't think to buy one. And then I saw it start to pick up. And when we built HQ here, we put a cold plunge in the recovery room and the guys at cold plunge, which are awesome dudes. Um, amazing, amazing dudes. They gave us Chris and I both, they gave us one. All right. Incredible. So I put it back in the, uh, in the, uh, warehouse and it sat there and I never installed it. And so then I was talking to my buddy Kip. Kip was the co-founder of Under Armour and he is a bad ass motherfucker, dude. Okay. Like this guy's 10 years older than me. He looks fucking 10 years younger. <laughs> like he's just a bad dude. And so I look up to him. I'm like, he's kind of done what I've wanted to do. I want to learn from him and see what it's about. And I, just like you, I try to emulate people that have done the things that Absolutely. I want to do. And, um, this is only like in April, this is like in March. Okay. And, uh, we had a real conversation. I was like, Hey dude, what's up with this? Why do you do this? You know, tell me about it. I was just curious, man, because like I try to pick up stuff, you know? Yeah. And he's like, look, man, after I built, you know, this business for 20 years, um, you know, I travel most of the time. He's like, I was, I was like destroyed mentally. I was fucked up and like i'm he's like saying all these things and i'm like fuck that's me <laughs> like I, I i recognized me in his story and and i'm like so what's it do and he explained it to me you know he explained what it does to your vagus nerve all the stuff huberman talks about yep. right um your fight or flight systems uh, actually reprogramming part of your brain for mental toughness your ability to endure it actually physically changes your brain and so i'm like fuck it i'm in so i called the guys up here at hq uh Dave and Kevin, who were great, great dudes. And they brought it over to the house and put it together for me. And the next day I fucking got in it and I haven't ever gone back. And, uh, wow. within the first, the first day, again, it was like the first time, like I fucking <laughs> freaked out. Like Emily was trying to watch me do it. I said, go inside. I'm not doing this in front of you. So I sent her inside and I got in there and, um, we, I did it and I did two minutes, uh, at like 50 degrees, right? It yeah. wasn't even that cold. And the next day I did like two minutes and then I started counting in my head an extra like 30 seconds or an extra minute, just staying in there just a little bit longer, you know? And, yep. and then I worked and by literally dude, by, by three weeks in, it did every single thing that Kip told me it fixed my, it fit. So what it does for high stress individuals is it gets your vagus nerve working again, which means you're going to, you're going to excrete dopamine and, and norepinephrine and epinephrine. The fight or flight system, the, the, the way this helps a high stress individual, and people don't think about cold plunging as a mental tool. They think of it as a physical, physical recovery. And I actually think that's the wrong way to think about it, at least for me. So that hyperventilating, that's your like fight or flight, right? Yep. And so what happens is, is, is you become acclimated to this amazing like 
stress on your fight or flight. Most of us that are stressed and that are driven are walking around at a level eight anxiety. So when you're walking around at like a level eight because you're driven at a high level, what was happening to me is little stressors that shouldn't have been a big deal were sending me into like volcanic eruption, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) nuclear fucking meltdown. And by the way, that still happens sometimes, but it's very rare. Before it was happening like on a fucking daily basis. Like I couldn't even hear anything without freaking the fuck out because I've been doing this for so long. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what it did was as I acclimated to it, now I'm able to take things that would not necessarily, um, that would, that would before the cold plunging would have set me off and I take them in stride and it's no big deal because it takes me from an eight back to a zero, like a normal human being. Right. Yep. And so, you know, those two things for me, getting that dopamine, that norepinephrine, and then also the ability to just endure stress better, um, have been life-changing for me, dude. Like real talk, like, like it's that's incredible and i know a lot of people talk shit and i agree but totally as a tool to improve it, it's for me mentally it's been a fucking total game changer dude like total game changer uh physically you know i think it maybe helps me recover a little bit i don't yeah. really, I, I, i'm it's used to being in pain bro yeah. like so it's just i'm always in pain yeah um but you know i agree it's a tool it's not the fucking cure-all but I mean, dude, mentally, if you do it right and you get in up to your neck and you do it consistently every day in the morning, yeah. um, I found that supplementing with a, a good magnesium supplement uh, at morning and night has also helped with that. And that combination has made a big difference for me mentally, you know? And if you're a stress entrepreneur individual, I, I, I highly recommend it, dude. I think, it's, I think it's one of the best tools that you could use. So, that makes and, me so and happy. by the way, <laughs> it doesn't count as your cold shower on phase one. Okay, just letting you know. Like every, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, does it count as a cold shower?" No, dude. <laughs> do the cold plunge and then go do the cold shower right after. It's it's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, just do the five minute cold shower after the cold plunge. That's what I've been doing. I haven't taken a warm shower since April first, um, and I like it. Yeah, uh, but I love, yeah, bro, I love that. No, I it's mean, been it, huge. It's you saying all this things to like just reconfirm so many like, reasons of why I do it, and like I kind of got into it when I was training for my marathon. Yeah, and when like James was talking about like embracing discomfort and like getting to that, like how can you recreate a scenario where you're getting to a zone where you have to embrace the suck, embrace this discomfort. And I mean, I think a cold plunge is is such a incredible way to go there. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) I I love it. Yeah, bro. And and, like, I have to give a shout out to my boys at the plunge company um, at plunge because like, dude, I had a situation like during Summer Smash just this last weekend where I had fucking thousands of people here, bro. And I was stressed out of my mind. And I'm like, dude, listen. And I went to go do a cold plunge. It was fucking broke. It, 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 had, it had flipped the breaker on the inside. Ah. And they, dude, they had their main tech call my wife like within five minutes, bro, to fix it. And like within an hour, I was back. I was using wow. it. So like. The, they're on it yeah it was cool that's awesome and i i just want to give a shout out to john and the guys over there because like it was it was just really really yeah. nice that they did that for me um, brother what books do you like did you read that's the last thing i want to hit on um you know what were some books that you found value in for uh yourself that other you know driven young yeah. hungry entrepreneurs might find valuable to, to work with on this program yeah i mean i mean one book that I always reverence in my life that has just been a, a staple of how I view the world. You know, we were getting the tour earlier here and we went to the library and it's yeah. right there. How to win friends and influence people. Yeah. Um, you know, they, not only for the program, but for my life, like they said, this idea of you are in the people business, starting with yourself, right? Like your interactions with people, whether that's how you show up in the world, how you remember someone's name, how you, you know, look them in the eyes, whatever it may be. This idea of showing up for yourself I think uh, you have to influence yourself. And I think that book, you know, Dale Carnegie, that was one of the first books I read when I was like 16, 17, mm-hmm. that just was like a staple on my mind mm-hmm. of a framework of just how I view, like what I do from an interaction on the podcast. But for the program, um, that's one, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know, I think another book, I'm huge on biographies. You know, I've, I've been doing interviews. I love stories. And yeah. one book that, really spoke to me recently was Michael Dell's biography. Have you read it? No, I haven't. It's it, the title's play, I will now though. It's it's play nice but win. 
And just the story of Dell and how he went about building that business, I think is so in my eyes, like in parallel, I read it when I was doing the program in parallel with the program and in so many ways of just like his consistent dedication to greatness and like showing up day in and day out and like focusing on winning the day, right? Like he was, I think 19, 20, 21 years old when he started Dell, right? And he's in this whole new world of computers and he's competing with these massive corporations. And he was just so focused on like winning the day with his team. And I think if I was just give a, a book recommendation that I read during the program that impacted me was Michael Dell's biography. And then I think, of course, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. I'm going to check that book out. It's great. Um, books I would recommend, I get asked this all the time and I want to answer it for, especially for the younger guys uh, and girls. I get asked all the time, what books should a young entrepreneur or young um, want to be entrepreneur start reading? Read every single book ever written by Seth Godin. Every single one. Read every single book written by Jeffrey Gittimer. Read every single one. The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, and some of you won't like this, but there's a book that Trump wrote called How to Win Big and Kick Ass or Think Big and Kick Ass. It's a great fucking book, okay, about winning. Put your political whatever the fuck you think aside. <laughs> the dude's a winner, all right? Yep. Um, bro, thank you so much for making the time to come out and be on the show, man. Uh, I really appreciate you coming out. And I meant every single thing I said, dude. Um, I'm really fucking proud of you. I think it's amazing what you're doing at such a young age. And I'm super, super excited to have the friendship that we have and watch you continue to do what you're going to do. I think it's going to be amazing. And I think it's going to be huge. So, I appreciate that so much, Andy. Yeah. And, I, and being on this show, you know, I've for the last five years, like I've listened to this show and this show has just been such a framework in my life. And just you giving me the opportunity to come on to share my story of the program and just, you know, our relationship over the years. It really does mean the world for me. I'm yeah, extremely bro. grateful. And well, it won't thank be the you last so much. Time. You're welcome, bro. It won't be the last <laughs> time. We both know that. Thank you, so. man. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, that's the show. That is 75 Hard versus Casey Adams. Uh, if you're interested in the Live Hard program and 75 Hard, if you go to episode 208 on the audio feed of Real AF, um, you can get the program for free. Or you can go to 75hard.com and it will give you the program there. Or if you want to, um, I did write a book about the program. It doesn't cover the whole Live Hard program. It's only 75 hard, but I think it gives a great framework as to why you're doing what I'm asking you to do and what's required to build these skills. And you can buy that on my website. Not required. I give it to you for free in episode 208. Uh, so if you're interested, join us and let's, uh, let's fucking get better. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, doesn't know, headshot, case closed, closed.